This is season three, episode three of the 200 Churches podcast. The only thing we have ahead of us is the future. That's all we have ahead of us. The past is gone. It's gone. We're never going back. I think a lot of church leaders and a lot of church members, they live in the world that was. And living in the world that was will never reach the world that is. Okay, and that's that's just a reality. And I don't like it any more than the next person. I would love to live in the world that was, because the world that was was kind of fun. (laughs) At least we think it was, reflecting on it, right? But we're only going to live in the world that's going to be. Welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast, where we produce a legit episode of ministry encouragement for pastors of small churches. Now, here are two guys who have been encouraging thousands of pastors all around the world, good friends, pastors, and podcast partners, Jeff and Johnny. This is the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Jeff Cady. I am here in this episode with my good friend and podcast partner, Johnny Craig. He is going to pick it up in just a second, but I just want you to know in this episode, Johnny and I have about a 30-minute conversation, and then I have a 20-minute conversation with a small church pastor who is leading her church completely online utilizing Zoom. It's a fascinating conversation, and she's the first person I've spoken to that I've actually talked to who is leading their church completely on Zoom. And so I hope you get some encouragement and some good ideas from her. Johnny's going to kick it off here. Here we go with Season 3, Episode 3. Hello, welcome to the 200 Churches Podcast. My name is Johnny Craig. I am here at the virtual, you know, I'm going to be honest about it, Jeff, the virtual kitchen island, because I'm sitting at a kitchen island, with my guy, Jeff Katie. How are you doing, Jeff? Thank you, Johnny. You do need to mention, it is a kitchen island that you constructed for your better half two hands. That's exactly right. Yes. The kitchen had no island. And I thought, much like Dubai brought land out of nothing, out of the ocean, I made this island, but not out of nothing. It was like on a butcher block and stuff like that. But yeah, sitting at the kitchen island I constructed. Well, Kayla tells it a little bit differently. She says that you guys were in a fight and she screamed at you and said, I wish you were on an island. (laughs) So you decided to construct one so you could actually get on the island when you were in trouble. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Yeah, you can tell her that. That's exactly what happened. Yes, you've outed me now. (laughs) Johnny, let's admit it. We're a little rusty. You and I have not put out a podcast episode in over eight months. Oh my gosh. Has it really been that long? It's been over eight months, Johnny. That's horrendous. You could basically have had a baby in the time that we've not put out a podcast. (laughs) episode you and me personally so that is yeah that's a lot that is too long and it's all my fault our, i feel like our listeners should know that they probably already assume it but it is it is a hundred percent my fault it, no it isn't it's um, not a hundred percent your fault yeah no no because i did nothing to produce a podcast episode <laughs> in about eight months we've been doing life and I've said this before. This was probably years ago, but early, early days, like back in the O-somethings, I would listen to a podcast, and it would be you know these two guys, these two pastors, and I'd listen to them for like six or seven months, and then all of a sudden, one of them was gone, hmm. but they never said what happened. Oh, and I was sure. like, I mean, they were like part of my family at that point. You know me, right? I mean, I'm listening sure. to them all the time, and then like, I want to know, like, I want to know what happened. You need the details. So, 
I, yeah, right. I mean, I want. I just want to know that everybody's okay. Basically, <laughs> basically, sure, that was sure. it. So I, I just wondered uh, how many people just realized, yeah, Jeff and Johnny, they just kind of floated off on a driftwood out to some island somewhere, and nobody has heard or seen from them since. And the truth is, you and I have just gotten busy with life, and we've yeah. just we've just put other things as a priority over doing this, and. In some ways, I, I i mean, we still are. We've just carved out a little time in our reprioritized life for this episode. You know, the, it, sometimes I think about this, Jeff. What an extraordinarily different world in, in the podcasting sense it is than when we started this, what, 10 years ago. There are, we were, we were on the front end, Jeff. We were innovators. Now, every, every idiot with a computer has a podcast okay hey everyone everyone johnny's back <laughs> <laughs> and the every market idiot. every idiot with a computer has a podcast and the market with, with is saturated phone. yes but the market is saturated with low quality podcasts but then there are uh, gigantic you know media conglomerates that put out 6 7 8 different podcasts and they have all the resources in the world to market it and to produce it and to make it spectacular and so i don't even know where that leaves a podcast like this one which is well produced which has been around for a long time but has no money behind it to actually like get it out in front of people it's just amazing to me to think about how much the podcasting landscape has shifted in the 10 years that we've been doing this and we managed to just really uh, not ever grow into anything. So it's been a lot of fun though. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's only been nine, so we still have a year, <laughs> we have a year to really have take a year off. To prove ourselves. You know, <laughs> as I put together the last two episodes, season, uh, season three, episode one and two, I looked back over our 350 plus episodes that's and an insane you, number, by the way. That's well, insane. I got to tell you, it was moving to me because I just scroll, I just scrolled through yeah. there, and I start seeing these people, and I'm like, "Oh yeah, I remember him. Oh yeah, I remember her." And then I think to myself, "Wow, I'd love to listen to that episode because they're 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 somebody that's really helpful or really informative or or, yes. or very experienced. They're just a great person, etc., cetera, etc." Cetera. And I thought, "What episode could I share for people?" Because I want people to know somehow I'm going to reconfigure the 200churches.com site so that when you drop on it, you've just got small groups of episodes grouped together that you could listen to that have something in common with each other. Because the one I ended up, I ended up grabbing out of all 350 episode 288, the crucial conversations. Oh, sure. Oh yeah. Pam. She's awesome. Pam Dykstra. Yeah, yep. because I was in New York walking the Erie Canal when I listened to that episode all by myself out just walking the path. And I remember listening to that episode. It was just you and Pam, and it was flawless. And I said this last <laughs> week on the episode we let out was it was it was flawless and it was so helpful. And so I, I pointed people toward that one. If you've not, you know, if you're a new listener, you've not listened to any of the previous Man, episode 288, you, you ought to listen to that Top one. But notch. Yeah. there's so many of them. So I do want to somehow uh, pull them out of the barrel and at least have them available so they're not completely buried because they're timeless. Yeah, A lot of them are timeless. Uh, N.T. Wright, just all of them. There's so, yeah. so many of them. Today, Johnny, we were just talking about your digital church verse. 
<laughs> the, the digital church verse, yeah. But we were talking about that, and I asked you, have you listened to Kerry Newhoff? We'll plug his podcast a little bit here. Here are some of the episodes he's just had. Episode 470, DJ Soto and Nona Jones, an introduction to the metaverse, oh Web 3.0, VR Church, and What's Next Online. Okay, so that's episode 470. Episode 471 is Craig Groeschel and Bobby Grunwald, who has done all the online church stuff for for uh, Life Church on the future of hybrid church, in person, online, in the metaverse, and overcoming uh, physical. Let's see, where's he got it here? Uh, nope, I can't see it. Anyway, yeah, metaverse, VR the metaverse. church. And then yeah, and metaverse, and the most recent one, episode four seventy two, Vance Roush on the future of giving, crypto, fintech, how to unleash generos- generosity by making stock donations to churches and charities, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I've been listening to these things, and honestly, they they make me uneasy. You don't I, even understand half the words being thrown around. I, I don't. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't. I have to admit it. And I mean, the metaverse. It reminds me of the uh, the we, and mm. you have your little avatar, your little me, sure that you would make, and you could see them walking around this little area with other little me's walking yes. around. Yes, right. That's the only. Th- I mean, that's my only connection. That was. 15, 20 years ago, probably. Um, I, yeah. And so you're just sticking your toe <laughs> into the water of this. Those oh, would be man. three great episodes for you to listen to this VR church where people are getting baptized virtually. It, it just blows your mind. And you you get uneasy because you just, you just want a room with a piano and a hymnal <laughs> and a Bible <laughs> and a few believers, right? So I think you know two hundred churches is, still for small churches. Go yeah, ahead. The, I think this whole conversation is ripe with distinctions. What I am in the midst of doing right now, when you talk about you know digital church verse, is is creating a uh, a walled community, and I say walled in the sense that. Um, it is private for the people who have joined. So if you searched my name on the broader internet, you wouldn't be able to see anything that I've done within this group. You wouldn't even be able to see that I was a member of this group. Okay. Um, Mm. Anybody can get in. It's not a matter of who's in and who's out. I say wall just in the, in the terms of it's a, it's private. Once you're in there, the things that you say don't go outside of the place. So uh, I'm working to create a, a group of people who are interested in spiritual questions to have conversations. I am not almost categorically not trying to create an online church. In fact, most of the folks who are uh, finding themselves uh, interested in the community that I'm building are doing so because they, the church is in some way unattractive to them at this point. Maybe uh, they uh, are deconstructing. I know that's you know that's kind of a hot buzzword right now for our listeners and things like that. Uh, maybe they have church trauma. Maybe they've been hurt by the church or in the church and need time to heal. Whatever the case is, generally speaking, these are not folks who are looking for church. And so it sounds like online church, but it's not online church. And one of the biggest distinctions is I'm not the pastor of this. <gasps> they don't come what? 
to me looking for my insight, my wisdom. I really have tried to maintain this position as the host. I'm trying to set the table for conversations rather than direct the conversations. It's not something you learn how to do in seminary. It's not something I think it comes naturally for a lot of pastors. We want to have the answer. We want to do the research and come up with the class. And instead, I'm coming to this place where I'm I'm bringing maybe something that I find interesting and then asking, what do other people think? And really generating conversation. And so it's different. And so when you start talking about metaverse and virtual reality baptisms, uh, man, I think that there can be spiritual community online, but I don't know if there can be what we in our American context refer to as church online, if that makes sense. I, I think um, that it's wonderful to have live stream services, and I'm not against that. I think that that's a great thing. Um, but you start talking about lives lived in the metaverse and entire experiences, uh, you know, all wrapped up in inside the metaverse. And I, I will admit, I get a little uncomfortable with that as well. Um, so at because some I think point, it's, I think it's too mediated. It the the experience is too mediated to be real, if that makes sense. It's it's now been too mediated by technology, by virtual reality glasses, by virtual environments to actually be an authentic connection in a way where when you're watching a live stream church service, you're seeing the errors, you're seeing the mistakes, you're seeing the imperfections, you're hearing the imperfections. You know, presumably, if, if, if it's your church at least, you know the people delivering the message. You get into the metaverse and you're three, four, five steps removed and you're not even you're not even looking at somebody's real face at this point, right? You're looking at avatars. And that's where I start to get uncomfortable and say, man, we're dealing with something that is so mediated that can we even call the experience authentic or real in any philosophical sense? Well, you and I are on video right now, and I wish I wasn't looking at your real face. An avatar <laughs> would look really a lot better at this point. You know, you'd, you'd have to listen through these three episodes. He's gonna. I, I'm. I'm thinking he's gonna do. I don't know. One, two, three more. Just in this whole on this whole area because it's so he's been working on researching that, but what you'll hear from a guy like Bobby Grunwald from life church is how we, you know what, when you show up in an auditorium with your Sunday best and you sit in a row, shoulder to shoulder facing the same direction. And when it's over, you get up and you walk out, nor is that authentic, nor is that real, Sure. nor is that unmediated. Sure. And oftentimes online, with the aid of an avatar, you would be actually a whole lot more authentic and vulnerable and honest and confessional. And so they're finding that those things happen too. And of course, both in person and online, it's both, right? You've got sure. people who, you know, they hide behind their avatar and, you know, who knows who's telling the truth. But and in the church, people hide behind their wardrobe and their car, and who knows who's telling the truth. I so. will say this. I can see Life Church baptizing somebody in virtual reality because Life Church is a non-sacramental organization. They do not believe that the physical elements of communion, of baptism, have any meaning or power. But you can't imagine a Lutheran pastor baptizing someone 
virtually <laughs> because in a sacramental tradition, those things do have meaning and power. How can you deliver communion to someone if you believe in consubstantiation? How can you possibly deliver communion to someone? And even if you don't even believe in consubstantiation, if you have any sacramental, I'm part of the Reformed Church in America, and we think you know it's just bread and it's just juice, but the Spirit is present in ways that we can't explain. And then you wonder, is the spirit present in, in bits and bites delivered from my avatar to your avatar? Ooh, man. You you start to break through so many lines. That's what these discussions are, are all about. And like yeah. I said, I get uneasy listening to them. But again, I feel like the farmer out in the, out in the field who's resisting Ma Bell coming in with the telephone. <laughs> you know, I just feel hey, like man. that that guy. I don't want to be too crazy, but like if we were all still farmers out on the land, we wouldn't have, you know, uh, we wouldn't have all the global warming we have. Let's not assume every good, uh, let, not, let's not assume every advancement in technology is for our good and benefit but as we the destroy cows. the earth. <laughs> like, it's the beef cattle that are giving us the global warming. Well, isn't it's it? the fact that there's billions of them probably. <laughs> but that's because we're not eating them I fast enough. I don't think enough. if mom had a cow on the farm, it would be quite the same situation. All I'm saying is we, and, you know, and this is everybody says this, right? But it's one thing to look at it and say that's a tool. It's another thing to assume that the tool in and of itself is, um, you know, not Good or uh, bad or yeah, neither. With, yeah, it's it's not benign. Um, yeah, exactly right. It's benign. And uh, the truth is nothing is benign in this world. It's just worth thinking about, I think, before we dive in with two feet. What did what did multi-site bring upon this earth is multi-site church can we look at that and say man that really we're really glad we piped sermons onto 60 foot screens four states away from where the pastor was do we think that like i'm just saying you look back yeah that the, yeah. the only good guys are the small churches is all i'm saying no I'm just, <laughs> that's just pandering but well well that yeah. gets us back that gets us back to small churches yeah so nine years to the month later i i Googled small church resources. Yeah. And and there were some. There were some. Yeah, there are. Not a ton. No. Still not a ton. But but there were some. And even the Purpose Driven Church Network, Saddleback Church, is doing small church conferences using and utilizing pastors of smaller churches. Be careful how I say that. Utilizing yeah. pastors of smaller churches. Uh, so there is more. I even saw a few podcasts, but they're interesting podcasts. They're kind of niche podcasts. Uh, one was for just women in ministry in hmm. small churches. Sure. Uh, another one was just for rural churches. Sure, uh, sure. Some of them are just for a certain denomination. Yeah, I could see that. Which makes me uh, happy that when we started, we just was we were just wide open. Right, just small church mm. ministry sure. doesn't matter the denomination, doesn't matter the gender, it it doesn't even matter the doctrine. We're right. just trying to build into people and encourage and support people that are leading small congregations. So, just share quickly, Johnny, not quickly, briefly, because you could probably talk for two hours. But <laughs> talk about your transition from uh, the Des Moines area to the Waterloo, Iowa area where you are, and uh, just let people know how your life is different today than it was two years ago. Oh, man. Is that not the episode we did eight months ago? I don't know. It might be, but I've forgotten, so there you go. 
Uh, well, the transition uh, has been good, I would say. We are in uh, the same town that my wife and I met in and that her family still lives in, her mom and dad and her brother. Uh, and having the supportive community around us has been extremely, extremely helpful. Two of my children are immunocompromised. And so we took the you know health risks of the pandemic very seriously. And my kids finally went back to in-person school in January. And I'm not talking about January of 2021. I'm talking about January 2022. I'm talking about this month. They went back this to This month. Wow. Uh, after they had finally you know, been fully vaccinated. Uh, and that has been a huge change because uh, up until then, I mean, we had been together in this house basically 24-7 since March 2020. Uh, and so it's good for them to be out and engaged, you know, and making friends. Uh, I think it's good for Kayla and I to have uh, time that is not um, where our attention is being dragged in 15 different directions. You know, during the day, she can do work. I can do work. Uh, we can actually focus on, you know, the tasks in front of us that we get <laughs> paid to do. Um, since the last time we talked, I mean, on the podcast, my wife's book came out. Jeff, you and I have talked about it on the podcast. Uh, yeah. My wife wrote a book. It is called uh, To Light Their Way. It is a collection of prayers and liturgies for parents, and it did great. I don't know how else to say it. She probably doesn't like that I brag on her, but I can't help myself. She sold every copy in the first printing, uh, and they had to do a second printing before the book even officially launched, which is pretty incredible. Uh, and she has um, been doing a lot of podcasts and writing and things like that. It's created new opportunities for her. Uh, so she's been working and continuing in that direction. And I think she's been working on the ideas, at least for book number two. I don't think I'm allowed to say anything more than that. But that's very exciting uh, for her. And my work, like I said, has become primarily with folks online, uh, folks who are burned out on church, who, um, you know, ironically, some folks who actually work in church, but don't, I don't think, feel that they can express the fullness of themselves within that context. And actually, their doubts and questions and wonderings, they come to the digital community to express those, which is... Nice, um, Johnny. Thanks for outing me. Uh, <laughs> you said you weren't going to do that. I thought it was a private thing. Yes, Jeff. <laughs> Jeff uh, every day is posting so many questions uh, and wonderings in the group. No, um, hey, it's not like I couldn't be there, Johnny. I Come know it's now. that's the, and that's the truth, and that's what's been amazing is to see some some ministers and and people who work in church context show up. Is that they really do want a space where they can express themselves uh, away from the you know eyes of their you know elders or deacons or whatever you might call it everybody goes through periods of doubt and periods of growth you know deconstruction is just growth in some ways and so uh, we are trying to just help people find spiritual fullness uh, in whatever way that we can and find spiritual community so that's what I do I still preach once a month at uh, the church. I still work for the church. It's now two hours away. I go there a couple times a month. I preach once a month. Um, very, very uh, privileged to still be part of that staff and team because um, the people that I work with are incredible. And Suzanne, uh, my boss, is amazing. And so very, very grateful for that. So yeah, that's, I'd say, a very quick rundown as fast as I 
think I could give a rundown of what I've been up to. What would you say to a pastor of a small church who had to go onto Facebook or YouTube live and uh, was able in the last year to come back in person and really has just kind of been glad to just wipe his hands or wipe her hands of the online situation? Mm. Should they just, is it okay for them to just focus on who's in the building or should there be uh, kind of a, a minimum acceptable requirement of yeah. of online engagement? What, what's your what's your thought on that? This feels like such a gotcha question. No, would, it, no, it really isn't. But you're smart, so I value your opinion. I think that there is. I I think there probably is a minimum value to online as long as you have someone using it. If that makes sense. Yeah. If you if you did the online thing and and you didn't it was hard, you know, especially for small churches. I mean, you're talking about iPhones on ring lights at the front of the auditorium praying to God that the Facebook stream can hold it, you know? Um I get that. That's hard. And That's just hard. You know, if you did that for a few months or 6 months even a year and then you got back to in person and and you did your best to get people safely back in the building and everybody came back to the building, and nobody is looking for that live stream anymore, you know, and you got, you got like 50 parishioners out there. And I don't see if nobody's using that online, don't kill yourself trying to keep that thing going, you know, but if you have one, two people and it means a lot to them and they don't feel safe, you know, maybe they're immunocompromised, maybe they're old, maybe they, you know, are shut-ins, you know, uh, and, and they are benefiting from it. I don't want to stretch it out too far and say it's, you know, like you're like Jesus, but I do think of the 99 and the one. You got 99 people in the room and you got one person online. You can't turn them off. It means something to them. And so is the minimum is if it's impacting someone, you have to keep doing it. I think that's the minimum floor. If you're in a church and that's just not the case at all, and there's just nobody out there using that. And, and I can imagine churches like that. I would say don't, you know, it's a lot of upkeep trying to put that on yourself as a solo pastor. So how's that for an answer? But That's I do think if, if anybody's doing it, if anybody's using it, you, you keep it for them because they're being ministered to, you know, they, they're glad to hear the songs. They're glad to hear the word of the Lord. You know, there's something to that. Yeah. So that's, I guess that's my answer. Good, good. And I would add that if you like me have listened to things that are coming out, talking about the metaverse and virtual reality and crypto giving and <laughs> all of this stuff. Um, don't, don't close yourself off to it. Just kind of, kind of lean into it. You don't have to think that you're going to go whole hog with all this stuff tomorrow, but at least be open because uh, the only thing we have ahead of us is the future. That's all we have ahead of us. Wow. That was deep, Jeff. It's the future. Like we, the past is gone. It's gone. Yeah. We're never going back. As much as we'd like to go back in so many ways in the world that we live in yeah. to you name it, it's like, um, t what is the time machine on a Mac computer? Like, see, I want to go back to what was saved on this <laughs> sure, date, yeah, yeah, right, on right. that date. We're never going to do that. So, so don't, don't close your mind to it, but, but mm. look and listen and learn. And as you can step into the real world because I think a lot, a lot of church leaders and a lot of church members, they live in the world that was and yeah. living in the world that was will never reach the world that is. 
Okay. And that's, that's just the reality. And I don't like it any more than the next person. I would love to live in the world that was because the world that was, was kind of fun. <laughs> At least we think it was reflecting on it. Right. Uh, but we're only going to live in the world that's going to be tomorrow, next week and the next day. So, yeah. Hey, I do want to say something about your wife's book. Yeah. To, to light their way. To light their way. Yeah. yeah. So what we did is we bought a bunch of copies and I gave them to a lot of the women in our church, especially those that have young kids Yeah. and their moms. And I gave one to a father. Uh, I gave a couple to older women who have grandkids mm-hmm. and to a person, they have been so thrilled and so thankful yeah. that I gave them that we are uh, going to have baby dedication in May. And I think we're going to have about 10, I think about 10 kids that are going to be dedicated in May on Mother's Day. And so I'll get one for every one of those situations. And it's time, if they've crossed the sea yet, minus the ones that fell off the container (laughs) ship and are down with Patrick and... His, SpongeBob, you know, yeah. SpongeBob, yeah. yeah. Um, if there's any more, I need to get another batch just to have in my office to give away. Because these uh, prayers and liturgies for parents, it's an amazing book. I was expecting, honestly, I was just expecting, you know, a book. A book with <laughs> prayers in it, you know, that's fine. I mean, it's fine, right? Yeah. Anybody can write down prayers and throw them in a book, and there you go. I really didn't think about it, but when my wife brought home the hard copy of this book, I don't think there's soft Mm -mm. copies, so right? They're all hardcover. This thing was such quality, and the content is so rich, and it's so well laid out and Mm -hmm. well formatted, Yes, and the table of contents gives such good direction to whatever your situation in life and, and whatever your situation in parenting you're going to find a prayer in there that fits it. And it isn't just a, now I lay me down to sleep junk. It's, (laughs) it's seriously reflected upon. uh, And I would say probably 95% of it has been, has been uh, forged in the crucible of some semblance of pain and suffering and the drama that is, being a parent. Yeah, absolutely. And that comes out. So as I read through it that night and flipped the pages, I opened the book up in the middle and I laid it on my kitchen counter and it stayed open. I know you love stuff like that. Yeah. It didn't fold back up, right? No. It was like, and I could just turn the page and it <laughs> laid flat because of the quality of this book. So pastors, man, get some copies of this book. Keep them in your office because you're going to find uh, somebody in your office or somebody in your lobby or in your church. You're going to say, that person needs this book. That person needs direction in their prayers. They Their prayers will be developed. Their prayer life will be developed. Their walk with God will be developed if they would use that book. And whenever the pa- whenever the parent gets a little bit pressured, and falls into a predictably difficult situation with their kids. Yeah, that book is going to be there, and they will use it. This is not a, this is not one of those throwaways, and it's not just a shelf sitter. So, yeah. that's my uh, honest. Um, what's the term? Review. We need. Of yeah, we're gonna have to book. blurb that. That was beautiful, Jeff. I agree. Yeah. But when I say it, I sound like a homer. So I'm glad. I'm glad to hear you say. It. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's true. So also. 
when I was in uh, uh, in my class that I actually got to attend for the first time in two years nice. at the seminary that I've been going to to work on yet another degree, I sat with a lady named Ava Green, and Ava had a church in Texas, and then she ended up moving to Florida, hmm. and she just put her church on Zoom hmm. and took it with her, <laughs> and from Florida, she's got uh, church services where they meet online and they gather together for three hours every Sunday. They have a time of learning and sharing together, and then they get their meals that they've prepared. They bring them to the table in front of the laptop, and they eat their meals together, and they talk, and they laugh, and they pray, they tell stories. Then they meet in Zoom small groups throughout the week, and there's even times when they get together for prayer. Uh, and she's going to be going off to, I forget, the uh, a country somewhere on the continent of Africa. I think it was Kenya. Okay. She's going to be there for four months on an extended missions time with uh, some missionaries there. And she just takes her church with her in her laptop. And she'll be doing the services from there and stay connected. So I have a conversation with her. She's from uh, Jamaica. So she's got that beautiful accent. Yeah, uh, and uh, we're gonna play that. We're gonna play that in just a minute, and uh, I'm not gonna probably play the whole thing, but there's some really, really good nuggets that I want to share, uh, just kind of on this topic of digital church. Yeah, she's doing it. See, she's doing it. I would argue in embodied ways. They're, the only thing mediating is the camera, right? Like people yeah. are actually talking to each other. They're actually yep. joining together. I like that. I like that a lot. And that's. That's, yeah, kind of my hope. I can't wait to listen to this conversation because that's kind of my hope with the, the virtual community that I'm that I'm working on right now. So that sounds like a great conversation, Jeff. A lot better than the hot garbage that I just spewed. We should have done that first. Well, maybe I'll just edit all your stuff out and just put her stuff in. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> or maybe we can get Scott Dalen to sit back The replacement. In. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. And sitting I- in the uh, Johnny Craig chair of podcasting. I think Scott Dalen is three times the preparer that I have ever been. I think that's true about Scott Dalen. I think that he is a thoughtful, well-prepared guy, whereas I, I just was, sit down and start talking. <laughs> I, I wasn't prepared for his voice, though, because I was online and talked to him online, right? We yeah. recorded. But then when I listened to the episode later and he came on, all of a sudden... There was this guy with this really deep voice. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Scott's voice is really deep. I'm used to your voice, which is like, well, like higher. It is higher. I do have a higher, yes. That's not, you're not hurting my feelings. That's very true. I have a very high voice. Yeah. But he's just got this this gravelly, yeah. this basement voice. Man. Scott's just as rich, though. Just as rich. Just as rich. I don't want to. I don't want to totally throw poor Scott under the bus now with his gravelly voice. Twice as rich, I'd say. <laughs> Three times as rich as my squeaky little. Hi, everybody. Johnny's here. <laughs> and calling people idiots, Johnny. You really have to work on that for our next episode. <laughs> All right, I'll be nicer. I'll be nicer next time. You just call him stupid. Because <laughs> you can get over stupid, but you can't get over being an idiot. <laughs> well, hey, Johnny. Good to have you back. Good to be on the uh, podcast with you and we are going to go right now to my conversation with Ava Green. Hey listeners this was the spot where I was going to have you listen to my conversation with Ava but you know I just edited that and I listened all the way through it 
It is so good. It is so rich. I do not want to tag it onto the end of this episode. It will be next week's episode. It'll be season three, episode four. My goodness, you you are really in for it. Just, just a wonderful conversation with this woman. She is doing some amazing things and really thinking outside the box of wh- how you can do ministry these days. So that's going to be next week. You're going to have to wait. I'm sorry, but it'll be well worth the wait. So we'll see you next week on the 200 Churches Podcast.